Hey, what are you doing? Get over here. It's Business Baby with Little Joe, a small business podcast where we're going to gossip or whatever. I don't know. Just stick around, okay? If you want to call me baby, go ahead. If you like business, maybe, guess what I said. And if you want to talk for hours, come on, go ahead. And if you need to buy some flowers, that's Business Baby. Today we are talking to Hind from Vanity Room. Delicious little tea time. Well, well, well. Look who it is. It's Hind from Vanity Room. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on this. This is very exciting, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to talk. Um, I was wondering, Hind, do you, do you remember how we met? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. <laughs> do you remember how we met? Yes. Okay. Well, you go first, and then I'll tell you what I have in the bank. It was actually Chanel, my business partner, that had heard about your establishment even before I did. And she's like, okay, so there's this like adorable bakery that just opened. Everything that they're doing is completely out of the box, and they are completely vegan. And this was, it's going to be five years actually next month. So for us, anyways, I think it's the same for you guys, no? Or yeah, our five year is um, March 19th. Yeah, so like you guys opened up just before we did. So we opened the weekend of March 26th, and I think it was March 26th, 2015. And then we came into your spot probably a couple of weeks after we had opened. And Chanel was completely in love because she was committed to veganism at that point yeah. and it was just starting to sort of take a sweep in Ottawa which was quite nice so she was like okay we're gonna go in we're gonna buy a bunch of stuff we're gonna bring it to the staff and we're going to like incite some excitement about how nice it is to see other like-minded entrepreneurs that are also extremely creative so we walk in and there's this adorable blonde who is wait who Who indeed? Who indeed? Oh my and god! This, like sense of zaniness and sweetness, and so generous and so kind in your approach, and you were just so vivacious, and it was just so refreshing because at that point, like we had just approached getting into the industry as like, do we make friends with everybody? Yeah. And we were just so actually like thrilled that you were so warm and loving because when we first came into the industry, we just found everyone to be a bit standoffish I think is what it was yeah it's I agree I find it's really hard at first especially to like break into small business but also like the kitchen industry and the restaurant industry Mm -hmm. and you you have such a varietal menu so that was also really nice to see because as much as you're a bakery like you offer varietal items of which are more like lunch-based yeah. breakfast basically I just felt like we had a lot of common ground to cover and you were just so incredibly kind and it was just really a nice heartfelt warm memory that we have of you because although you know Chanel is no longer involved in day-to-day operations and such but yeah there are very few businesses of which we've always felt like a genuine sense of love and support towards yeah I just have so much love for you and so like that memory oh, stuck with oh. me for so long because like we came in you were just like oh my god you guys are vanity like how <laughs> handling everything are you surviving and yeah your sheer energy was just so lovely too because you attained such an astounding amount of success in such a short period of time especially being a startup and we were just like quite 
amazed to be honest because bakeries at that time as well I just don't think had the same kind of cachet that you did yeah that's something everyone said to me like every time I was like searching for equipment or anything um in the kitchen industry and it was generally from like dudes they'd always be like you know a bakery that's a hard business that's a hard business for you to try to get into and I'd always be like I know just because I didn't want to like have that conversation and I didn't want them to like put extra obstacles up for me um but yeah I I think the same thing I think there's like a kind of a fear around owning and running a bakery because it is such hard work it is but you found an you found a niche and an approach to it that made it fun yeah and I think the dynamic of your bakery that was so different to us because like I'll be completely honest like I generally don't buy anything from bakeries like it's just not on purpose necessarily yeah definitely a restaurateur at heart but yeah when it comes to yours like if I'm going to indulge or if I'm going to you know buy things for friends on the go like I'm going to want to bring something different yeah and not to say that some bakeries don't do an amazing job with that like I mean I love Kelka shows like yeah. I think they're fantastic and I think they obviously cater to you know those of which are looking for something more elevated but you bring creativity and taste and personality to things which is exactly <laughs> what vanity is all about as well oh yeah 100 percent. right and we were like eventually we started you know outsourcing the pop-tarts from you because yeah. everybody was like oh my god like I love the pop tarts yeah from little clothes I'm like you know what let's bring it into vanity too so like yeah it was just very harmonious and you were just all so warm and loving and that's um there's like a sense of loyalty that I have for little joes that I wouldn't necessarily say I can share with everybody because the industry is also very clicky right yeah as well 100%. and we're kind of in our own category if you will yeah. where we don't really know who we connect with we're like what are we <laughs> <laughs> I feel that all the time do you really though like really do you feel I do like- because I do a lot of like I love baking and I love cake decorating and that's like what I wish I could just do that and just pay the bills but I'm always looking for the next thing to like learn or try so then it was bakery and then it was like okay, lunches and then deli and then catering and then events. Like I'm happy to do all that stuff because I love to stay busy and it's all stuff I can do well. But sometimes I'm like, what's my business identity? Like I used to go by bakery and then I went kind of by coffee shop and now I'm like, I don't know. It's just like Little Joe's fun spot. Yes, you know? yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is how I remember meeting you because I want to have a turn also. <laughs> please, 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 please. Okay. So I do remember when you first came in and I remember like our con- immediate connection and like wanting more <laughs> and I didn't think you were for real. No. I was like, that person is so charming and so nice and that can't be. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went, you were always inviting me and you you still always are. You were really inviting me to go to Vanity Room and have the experience and get into the fantasy. And the first time I was ever there, I was like blown away. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't talk for a minute. And I was like, oh, they left. But you're just having a moment. If I could blush, I would be blushing right now. I think I am. You just can't tell. <laughs> yeah, we're probably just both blushing. It's very awkward. I'm so glad that you felt that way. It's really interesting in COVID to see like how much all the businesses we love and support can do. Absolutely. But I mean, as you said, being a layered business, I think, 
helps. I don't think any business right now, like with this, with this exception, perhaps of maybe just a couple that could actually survive on just simply doing one thing. It's yeah. Like it's, like, it's very, very hard. Like, oh my God. Like, but I respect it because there are a couple of businesses that can do that, but yeah, yeah. they have to get quite creative. So I'm very happy to see that. That was your memory of me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so nice. <laughs> I know we really jumped in this one, but for anyone who hasn't been to your spot, can you actually talk a little bit about Vanity Room and what you do? Mm-hmm. So we've um, very much like yourself, like we started off simply being a tea room. So when we first decided to create Vanity, we just wanted to create a beautiful space reminding you of surroundings that essentially transported you yeah. out of where you were. Because very much like you, yourself, when we first started the business, there were very few restaurants, very few bakeries, very few establishments that were a bit more creative. So we had started with being fairly simplistic in the sense that we're like, okay, we're going to have a beautiful opulent tea room and we're going to focus just on like a really crazy, amazing um, afternoon tea service, which is renowned all over the world. But yeah, just as you put it, like, you know, we learned very quickly early on that like, my God, like we cannot survive on just doing this. It's too much of a specialized service. And as much as people will like, frolic to it it's not like an, an everyday thing so we very gradually decided you know what we're going to start doing brunch as well so we adjusted the name to the vanity room a tea salon and eatery so it relayed to all of our audiences and demographics like yes in fact we are absolutely a tea room but we very much also do brunch as well so that extended into our service and it went very seamlessly because like we do have a really pretty venue if you will <laughs> yes you have a very pretty venue <laughs> Um, and then as well, just like, as, as you mentioned, like we also expanded into events very quickly and um, we made a lot of friends in the local community on Somerset with uh, the LGBT community, which were really yeah. because they were just, they were so supportive of our space and like, they really were such a big part of our demographic that we had no idea about. Right. And yeah. um, Chanel's from Montreal. So like back in Montreal, they constantly do, you know, really diverse events yeah. like that surrounds the LGBT community. I was like, you know, we only have much like that here with the exception of Lookout. And then at the time there was another venue that was like a nightclub. But then aside from that, there really wasn't much of anything else. And so I think within two years, like our first drag brunch was born and it was just mm-hmm. so successful on every level. And then we started getting just a crazy amount of emails from people saying, you know what, we just love your space. It's <laughs> an inclusive space. More like- gay events. <laughs> yes I love this sorry keep going I love this but keep going (laughs) the truth like I mean like I have so many you know gay friends of which that like only in the last few years were like there are just so many more inclusive spaces yeah yeah are beautiful but are also super welcoming to all audiences and so like we very much are a restaurant like that is we are I we're not classified as a cafe yeah not necessarily just simply a tea room. Like we do expand into alternative menus and alternative resources as well. So we're an eatery, but that does happen to host events and certainly love serving the public with whatever crazy harebrained idea we come (laughs) up with next. So that's essentially what we are, I guess. Yeah. And also I just like want to touch base on kind of what you're saying about more inclusive spaces. Like I'm queer, but I'm also sober. So I don't really like to like, go to bars or go to parties to be Mm. in queer spaces and to be in the community. And I feel like 
the same thing kind of at our shop. We got a lot of kind of like feedback that was always like, it's nice to just go somewhere and like know that it's like queer friendly, but like I don't have to like be drinking. Like I can just like be in that space. And it's like, I think we did have a lot of like bars or like queer nights. And I think a lot of people were putting on events and doing a lot of work in the city, but I want to go have gay brunch. That's a real thing I want to do. And I think like, I don't want to say like, you folks were the first ones doing it because I, I actually don't know that when I say that. But I think your your space was one of, like, the first places I know in Ottawa that did, like, drag brunch. Mm, thank you. Well, we, you know, I, I always like saying that I don't know if necessarily we were the first to do it, but we were the first to do it with so much love. I think, like, <laughs> our, 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 <laughs> damn, we were the first ones to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> like our first drag brunch ever I think we had guaranteed and promised that we like to ourselves like whatever we make today yeah like we're gonna do like 25% of our proceeds to kind yeah and like we didn't even know what kind of sales we were gonna make that day so we yeah. kept thinking like is this even possible and then we exceeded our own expectation yeah. we yeah. handed them the check and we were like wow like that just felt yeah so good to do you know and it just it, it, and since then, like, it hasn't been an opportunity that we thought, you know what, if there's a way for us to give back, like, yeah. now because the event has become a staple, we don't yeah. do as many sponsored events um, with donations, but we always make it a point that, like, you know, two, three times a year, you know, to show gratitude that we're yeah, going to give back because these are the people that help create this for us, right? Yeah. This interest, this intrigue, this support. So we were really appreciative of that. And then of course, like other venues came about and decided to do drag after the fact, but it just, I just knew. And I think, you know, at the time that the Queens that had started supporting us and continue to do so today, were just like, you know what, like, I don't know if we can say the experience was the same anywhere else because like you genuinely Aww. care about it. Because you, you're so kind and thoughtful. No, but like, you know, like you know, the queens at the time, like when we first started doing drag, like you wouldn't believe what they would tell us they would get paid. We were just like, yeah, like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like yeah. you spent how much on your clothing, how yeah. much on your makeup? Like yeah. Or at the time when Uber just started, like how much to get here? Yeah. And that's all you would make at other venues. So we doubled it. Right. Well, and that's the, the thing. Like you understood it as a business owner because you've exactly. also been down that road, right? Where you are putting exactly. so much into your business and then people are not paying you for your time or paying you for your value. Like you're not being valued the way you need to be. And because you're experiencing that, like when you see it happen to other people, you're like, no, get paid. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. People are obsessed with Vanity Room. Like I feel like, like I always see you guys in my stories. I always see people sharing. Like people – love to post pictures of themselves like in your space in your community at your events and that's like obviously people want to be affiliated with your brand because they feel so safe there and they want to like grow with you and be part of it and that's just like so amazing to see it hasn't been easy you know like of course, of course has it hasn't been easy of course it hasn't been easy <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it has not been easy so it's yeah. it's so nice to hear that and it's so nice to see too because like yeah. really when you come home 
at the end of a long day and you know mm-hmm. this that like you you sometimes try to figure out like where it is you stand you know on the pyramid scale of success yeah. and we're very lucky that a lot of the transitions that we made as a business from the early onset till now like 90% of which have worked very well but there have definitely been some trial and error periods too or things just like like are we making this work as a business and does it support our business and sometimes it doesn't you know like mm-hmm. it makes sense on a more creative outlook and then when you really look at it when it comes down to the bottom line which are the numbers the figures and you're just like man like I really wish that worked and it didn't you know but yeah you try and you keep trying and then eventually you know at some point you hit gold somewhere or I feel like it took me a lot of time to learn like and I know this isn't real now, but I think at the beginning, I, I'd always be like, one good idea, yes. one big idea will bring in a, like a lot of cash and then I can grow or it'll be like it'll super pay off and people will always want this. And then I'll like I'll have security. And that's like not the way that small business works at all. Like it's a series of like consistency that keeps you secure and afloat. Um, and I think it took me a lot of years to realize like. I'm never going to solve the equation of small business like in one week. You know, it's strange though. And you might feel like this is happening as well, because now that we're going into our fifth year, the irony is I'm starting to see the pattern, like the consistency, like, you know, where the consistencies are, you know, where the high peaks are, you know, where the lower peaks are, you know, where the seasonal drives will be and where you're kind of just going to have to just accept the fact that like it's just steady or kind of plateaued for this period of time yeah and it adjusts again and you're right back up there and you're like oh my god like these numbers are more than last year and you're like wow like this is crazy but really it really is true what they say like it it in fact takes time like it just yeah that first two three years it's impossible to determine even last year was like who would have seen that coming? Godzilla, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> like, just, and then, like, despite what we're dealing with, it's been really curious to see, like, wow, okay, so we kind of get it now. Like, this is what works. Yeah. This is the season that this is going to work. And then, you know, perhaps, like, the next month or two might be a bit steady or a bit quieter. But yeah. I'm definitely starting to see that emerging pattern that they've, they've been speaking about because, like, all, like, well-versed, entrepreneurs or even people that are outside of the entrepreneurial path but just like know the way the insides and outsides of a business just works and functions or just like believe me it takes minimum five to ten years before you really start to see yeah you know cash flow so I was like okay well not there yet (laughs) I know I know I feel like that's something I don't want to believe but now that I'm five years in I'm like huh they were right yeah yes (laughs) And now, here's Ray with a word from our sponsor. This episode of Business Baby is brought to you by masks. You should still be wearing them. Got a leaky tap? Turn it off then. I haven't gotten takeout from you folks recently, so I don't really know how it works. But because, like, vanity, the environment is so indulgent and, like, you know, just best life, super extra. (laughs) When you're doing takeout and you're totally pivoting like that, because you guys are such an experience-driven restaurant, how do you create that with takeout when you're not the one actually, like, providing that service? (sighs) 
So we missed the boat on Mother's Day during the pandemic because yeah. I think we would have seen this then, but I think because we were still so grief stricken about what was going on, we we're like, I like I was like, you know, I have no juice left. Like I don't even know <laughs> what to come up with. Like I, just, I don't care what people want. <laughs> I really didn't. Yeah. I was like, you know, we had requests coming in then, people saying, like, are you planning on doing anything for takeout? I was like, what? Like, how are you even supposed to do this? Yeah. Like I looked at like my husband just looked at me sideways one day and he's like, you know, you should at least be like brainstorming something. I'm like, I don't have it in me. Like, <laughs> what like, brain? I don't know what to do. But then yeah. This year happened and we did our first um so we offer we offered takeout when everything had just begun to reopen and yeah. we tried a little bit of it even before we just reopened in June and it just god forbid like it just did not work we were like mm-hmm. you know like we keep trying to do similar things of which we would otherwise do in the dining space and it yeah. just it wasn't translating and for the life of me like I could not understand why and then I think part of it too was that I was missing a lot of the keynotes of what had made us special in terms of dining. And so yeah. we did for Galentine's Day, which just passed, because every year we usually do like this large event. We donate a huge portion of the proceeds once again to Interval House of Ottawa. Yeah. And then uh, like the company that I'm working with now, so I have a full-time job on top of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I stay busy. I don't know. Side note, but the director of marketing for that company, I just recently hired a content strategist and she was like, you know, with your business, have you ever thought about like, you know, just maybe working on your packaging? I'm like, yeah. packaging is so bloody expensive. Like I don't yeah. want to go down that route. And she was like, you know, just maybe you should consider it. So I spoke to our tea supplier who's Hoda for uh, Sloan Fine Teas. And she yeah. has like, a billion accounts in Toronto of which a lot of the businesses there have just pivoted. And so we talked to a manufacturer who's like, you know what, we've got some great packaging ideas that I think would work very well Mm -hmm. for some of the items that you have on your menu. And these are some of the things that we suggested. And it was the first weekend that we sold out, had to scramble to make extra because it was just like, it was super successful. But Did you again, miss that feeling so much when you're like in over your head, but you know you're doing something right? I think if you remember, it was a couple of months ago, I came to visit yeah. with you and then I had up a bunch of stuff for friends. And I remember just seeing like this, like li- like literally like a entire <laughs> gate around, like, <laughs> around your display area. And I was yeah. like, and it was just like boxes and boxes like packed yeah. up to the hills. I'm like, gosh, like I've never had that. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to see that with us. And it was the first time that we even had anything close to that. And it was, again, it was just kind of like re- recollecting everything and yeah. figuring out what works. And so we try to translate that as best as we can in the packaging. So that way when they receive everything, yeah, and they look at it and they think, okay, like this is vanity. Yeah. Right. So like, sadly, like we can't get away with just plain packaging. We can't just get away with styrofoam baggage. Yeah. Like it has to actually be the epitome of what we do in the salon, which is tough to some degree because it it's really so needs tough. Us. Like we have to empty it. Yeah. And it drives up the cost of everything. Like once you do the standard, you have to go better. Like I've said this a hundred times, but like in COVID, People are so hungry for experiences because day to day is so boring. We don't get anything new. And I and I've said before, like I feel like people are looking to be playful and to be entertained by their food. And it's awesome and it's great that they come to us to do that. But at the same time, like 
we only have so many ideas. Exactly. And I, and I think that's one of the things that like, again, you know, has always led me to admire what you do because of the fact that like you create something different, like something ordinary to be something extraordinary. And we've always been able to do that in the space, but to do it in light of COVID, it was like a completely different ball game. Like I remember even yeah. talking to Tarek about this from Gung Fu Bao. And he was like, how are you guys doing with it? Like, I'm more than happy to help. I'm like, honestly, like there have been a million suggestions, but at the end of the day, we almost have to stay true to us. And it's going to, unfortunately, cost us more yeah. than other businesses who can get away with like having extraordinary food and simple packaging, whereas ours literally have to be identifiable that like okay this is vanity yeah. <laughs> i mean like, i'll throw a pop tart into anything i don't care <laughs> yeah, it's still, at the end of the day you open that box and it's still yeah it's still a little joe vegan pop tart done with a burst of flavor like you know what i mean yeah i wish we could rely and not to say that like our food isn't fantastic like i mean we're biased obviously but so come we- on vanity room is an experience everyone knows that it is and it's a combination of both like it's about having great food but it's also yeah about, like an unforgettable experience which like sadly you know didn't go hand in hand when covid came about because yeah. we just ended up being shoved in with all the other businesses that were trying to survive and it's safe to say and i mean this so sincerely like i am not one for competition so i don't like <laughs> doing what someone else is doing because yeah. I feel like I'm eating their food because I'm like, yeah. oh, like they're going to do this better than we do because they've been doing this and I don't want to yeah. jump on the bandwagon now and I'm late to the party. So yeah. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and so, yeah. And that's not you and that's not your brand. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like you have another kind of element pushing at you too, because I'm sure most people who go to Vanity Room go in groups and with their pals to have this like Mm -hmm. communal experience and be together. And like, that's also something like you can't curate anymore. Like it's another part of the experience that's like also changed for you because like I know you, you had a lot of big groups and you had pals meeting up and that was like, or your events, like that was such a big part of Vanity. And that's like kind of another element that's like lost with takeout right absolutely Absolutely. it was our bread and butter so like so was a very like far far lone island like we just didn't even (laughs) i would stay up and i was like oh my god like i don't know how we're going to survive this because yeah you know now it's like it's a bit more digestible especially like with the onslaught of support that the government provided like I think that had helped us really be able to kind of stay above the hole which unfortunately so many of our pals in the industry sadly are still currently stuck in and so we were exceptionally lucky that I mean considering our overhead like we definitely don't have to spend nearly as much as others to operate that being Mm -hmm. said you know like takeout versus dine-in like it's balls and 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 diamonds like they're just actually completely different because you know the cash flow the profitability is entirely contrasted like it's not even the same now that we've reopened you know it seems like strangely enough takeout has become a thing again but we kind of just accepted it we're like you know what we'll do what we can Mm -hmm. and hope for the best and luckily now you know dining is back and we were able to still continue with full capacity because we just put in these obnoxious barriers at every table (laughs) we just caged everyone in (laughs) like 
okay, this is still vanity. Like it's yeah. not the same as it was before, but at the very least we could operate at full capacity and sure, like the barriers are an eyesore, but we did our best to give it a, just a bit of zhuzhen. Yeah. <laughs> just like a bit. And I saw you did, um, you did patio for a little bit, but that kind of came and went with limitations, right? Yeah. Like we're really excited about it this summer because yeah. it's the first time ever historically that we were able to have one we dragged our feet for years to do it because it was such a large cost and then it seemed when you know COVID hit we're like we don't have a choice that we could just you know pour whatever's left of our resources into this and hope for the best and then things take us and luckily at the same time that the patio was done service for dine-in reopened they were like okay this is great so it gave us nearly the same capacity that we would have had yeah we didn't have social distancing and no barriers in the dining space. So now we're hoping once the rollout of the vaccines come into play and things settle mm-hmm. down a bit, that by the time the summer comes, we'll have double the capacity that we once did ever. Yeah, I mean, it's curious. The patio is a beautiful thing. I think it's it's so like I was never one to believe in patios. Like I'm I still don't. I never believed in patios. <laughs> okay. Like if we're going to have a picnic, let's go for a picnic. Like, yeah, if we're gonna- yeah. let's eat inside so like it was never like a hard sell for me yeah this restaurant has to have a patio but it didn't dawn on me until I realized like wow Ottawa really likes their patios yeah yeah (laughs) it's crazy and you know we should have known because every summer since we opened there was always a lull over the summertime like our numbers would be good but like come you know, early fall, winter, and then spring, and then late spring, and then early summer, we were busy. But yeah. the summer period, everybody just gravitated towards like, yeah. I want to grab my stuff, and I want to be out in the sun, or I yeah. want to go sit on a patio. And we just didn't have that. So now, now we do. That's so exciting. Yeah, that's so exciting. What brought you to starting Vanity Room? question I ask myself all the time <laughs> why did I do this to myself <laughs> so um I I graduated uni and I was like oh my gosh like I don't want to work in an office and like for the longest time I wanted to become a politician yeah and then eventually I would definitely vote for you also if that's like if if you ever try to run again you have my full support obviously but continue sorry no no no. it was really it was really just because like I like I'm a firm believer which is something I was able to apply to the business like for the people by the people right like that's really what the credo should be for the rest of everyone's existence if COVID didn't teach you that then I don't know what will but really that was the belief system I had before that. And then at the time, um, I had started working, like, while I was in university, I was working for En Route, which is Air Canada Syndicate. Yes. It's a magazine that you usually have on the back of your, your your armrest when you're taking a flight with Air Canada. It was one of the most incredible experiences because I had, you know, just started as a university student. And then after I graduated, I continued working with them. They expanded their budget. So I was yeah. able to write, travel, and eat great food oh my God. and write about it. That's the dream. <laughs> Can you put in a good word for me and maybe they'll hire me? <laughs> Honestly, Joe, I will tell you this. Like the nostalgia I had to come home every time yeah. was so sweet. And, you know, this the thought I had every time I came home, why don't we have this here? Yeah. Like, I was so excited to come back here. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I still loved Ottawa. And so... 
I was just like literally at the start of my master's program. And then I think it was about two months in and I stopped in at a cafe in Vancouver and it was just like so dreamy. It actually reminded me a lot of your spot because a lot of the- Stop it. Because like for them, like the, the Vancouver food scene had grown exponentially mm-hmm. before food became trendy. Like it was just like, they would have pop-ups of cafes, bars, yeah. like yeah. trucks. Like it was just, it was an amazing scene to be in. And it was an amazing scene at the time to work for. Yeah. And so when I came home, I would, I, Chanel, who is my best friend at the time, was so fascinated by food as well, but more just culturally speaking, and obviously being extremely exposed to an incredible food scene in Montreal as well, that was also yeah. mature, was like, you know what, like, I would get on board with this with you, you think yeah. that there's a demand for it. And so we took a little bit of everything that inspired us through our travels mm-hmm. and just started to apply it in Vanity. And we were both in Dubai together a year before we opened Vanity. And we stopped in at this cafe slash like tea room called Shakespeare and Co. I, I couldn't even imagine the amount of money that they had put into this place. Yeah. Just like whimsy everywhere. And it was just so beautiful. And the food was incredible. And I was just like, I'm going to be really sad, like, you know, to stop having these experiences because eventually like I'm going to have to just plop down, get serious about school and then yeah. graduate into the next set of my stages and and goals and I didn't see any of that actually being a reoccurring thing yeah so I dropped my master's program (laughs) so I dropped that at school okay (laughs) I'm not gonna do this I can always come back to it later in the future yeah at the time I convinced Chanel that you know like I don't know how involved you want to be in but I just feel like I really I know we don't necessarily know how to operate a restaurant, but maybe, you know, we can do this and just get really lucky being super good at it. Yeah. Um, and that was really like what had inspired us. Like, I mean, we came home, we started at the drawing board and just putting together different ideas of what we wanted to see in the dining space. And it, it took us like about another year and a half to really flush it out. Yeah. It was very complicated and just the height, I think, of what we wanted to achieve at the time was a little ridiculous just because restaurants as a whole were just so yeah. conservative here. We really didn't have a lot of variety. But then ironically, as soon as we opened around the same time, like you had opened, um, the Common had opened as well. Beirut had opened, like all of these like more above the box thinking had just decided to erupt. And it was, yeah. it was awesome because I was like, okay, maybe we stand a chance now. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> It's true. Like, I mean, you know, and Calco Shows, I think, had only opened up a year after that as well. So, like, it yeah. really, like, the personalities of these different entrepreneurs, like, had all started to emerge. And it was the exact thing that we were hoping to be a part of yeah. everywhere else that we had traveled to. But we never saw it in Ottawa. Never. Like, you couldn't even grab, like, a decent latte on a two o'clock period in the you're just like slamming Ottawa six years ago so badly (laughs) right now I am not affiliated with these comments I'm not saying (laughs) that there weren't some good places no of course I'm just really passionate about like food and like eating and being full so I'm the same way like the more restaurants, the more people following their passion, the more options. Like I love grab and go so I love anywhere that I can go and get like a huge sandwich and like 
crush it. So I'm very into like quick serve, grab and go. And I feel like the same way, like there's more and more spots opening. There's like more of a community for it. The scene itself just grew and evolved and matured. And like there was an explosion of so many people that were ecstatic to get into the industry. And because the demand was there for people that had the gravitational pull, because the also, you know, Instagram, I also say, you know, like social media had such a big impact to that. Oh yeah, 100%. It acts as the easiest marketing tool on the planet. And, you know, 10 years ago, businesses as a whole had none of that, right? So you relied on word of mouth and reservations only. Now you have word of mouth coupled with social media and then now you have reservation systems that are so intuitive, you know, for places. And then if you live in certain boroughs, like now there's just pop-ups everywhere you go. Yeah. Like I feel like my business grew up on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like when people talk about Instagram, I'm like, yeah, I love Instagram. And like, I, I acknowledge there's a lot of problems with the algorithm and a lot of people um, don't get exposed, but Instagram was how I reached out to my community. It was how I shared things. And now in COVID, like, it's the only way that I can get into my customers like mm-hmm. homes every day. We're very lucky to have that tool. It's a very good tool. Like, I mean, it's it's one of which that like, I think people really do take for granted because it's something, it's so easy, right? And it's, you're essentially curating your brand mm-hmm. every day, any day, any changes. And you gander a very loyal following. So like, yeah, we were really lucky to come into that onset, you and I, when it first started. And I think it grew so much over the years and everybody was posting everybody yeah. was trying to take inspiration yeah. from other businesses like you were able to interact and see other businesses throughout the world and take inspiration from that and adapt that you know to whatever your circumstances and environments is here where you don't have to necessarily as i said earlier you don't have to compete with other businesses like you can take inspiration from all around you but yeah. just do what you do and do it well without having to necessarily deplete what someone else might be doing. That's such a good point. And just to say like deplete, I think that's a really fair way to put it. Exactly. Oh, it like, I mean, it really is like, I mean, if Mushu, you know, doing such creative, beautiful ice creams. Is Gorgeous, doing- stunning, delicious, perfect, vegan options. Sorry, continue. It's true. <laughs> like it's just, it's such a incredible thing to see yeah. specific businesses doing what they do and doing it well. And, you know, one of my, my favorite poems, like one of the lines in that particular poem says, by you giving yourself the opportunity to shine, you inspire others around you to shine. Yeah. Everyone deserves to be in the light. And it just, yeah. it depends how you're willing to do it. Are you willing to do it with integrity where you support what you do and you support yeah. others without having to take away what they've built? Yeah. And the thing I'll also just to touch back on Mushu and Liz and her team mm-hmm. And the point you're making, like, yeah, they have an amazing, beautiful Instagram and the pictures they post are unlike any other business in the city. The flavors they're doing are so original. At the exact same time, they're using their platform to talk about, like, queer issues, to talk about Black Lives Matter, like, to talk about, like, our BIPOC community. And I feel like they are so crucial in Ottawa because they're, like, setting the standard of, like, you can actually be a business and you can be accountable at the same time and use your platform to make, like, inclusive spaces. That plays really well into the part you're saying of, like, don't deplete from other people, like, fill up your community. Absolutely. And I think that's the only issue that I ever had with Ottawa when we, what, from when we first started. And even so, to some degree now, is that yeah. there are a lot of businesses that are willing to support one another. And then there are so sadly many that it's just like doggy dog yeah all the more power to you like if that's what it takes for you to survive and yeah. that's, good luck that's okay 
yeah. you meet some of these people and like they're they're good people, right? But it's yeah. just like they're oblivious to everything else around them. Like, look, I just want to operate my spot. Yeah. I just want to make money. I want to make a living. Yeah. I close up shop and I want to go home and turn it all off. It's like, okay, cool. Like that's fine. Yeah. But I just think from I think it really depends on where you've started as well. Like yeah. I think that acts in itself is such a big inspiration to how successful your business is, or so much so that it says so much about your business is the person that operates and owns the establishment. And you see elements of who they are within the business. Like so much of your personality to me, I can see at little Joe, so much of Liz's personality. Yeah. I can like that same like quiet sweet atonement with just a little bit of sass and edge like i see that in Tarek's business right yeah, like, yeah. you know it's just like you see it you see it jesse even in arlington five like you see it in her business yeah. it says so much and i think that it just it just depends like who you want to be in the industry and if you yeah. don't want to necessarily be a part of it in the sense where like you speak for it at least let your business speak for itself but parts of who you are are going to come out within that business like at the end of the day is there any gossip that we should know about vanity room or how can folks uh find and support you oh my gosh um well a few things actually so i don't know if i should say this on air well you don't have to but I mean, I would. <laughs> Drag will be starting up again. Yeah. So that'll be happening hopefully very soon. We are going to put a huge focus on grab and go in the coming months. Yeah. We're working with a bottling company right now to further develop our drop dead mimosa in a bottle. So we're going to have two variations of it. One that's non-alcoholic. Yeah. And then one of which that, of course, the alcohol will be contingent naturally. So those will be come available soon, and then we're hoping to develop them on a larger scale. For each other. Yeah. Hey, we've run out of time here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so thankful that you wanted to talk, and I love you so much, and I can't wait to uh, reconnect in the real world one day. <laughs> I really love to. And Joe, thank you so much for doing this. You like sushi? How about the best sushi in town? Go to Sushi Yumi on Wellington West. A couple doors down from Little Joe Berry's. Sushi you me, sushi you, we're all getting sushi tonight. All right, welcome to Hot Goss with Little Joe. So the gossip we have this week is pretty important because it's actually our fifth birthday this weekend. March 19th, Friday, Little Joe's is celebrating their fifth business birthday. And I don't know if you remember, but this time last year, when it was our fourth birthday, was when the city also got the present of COVID. So this year, we're actually trying to celebrate. So if you come by for walk-ins, we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend only exclusive product, including rainbow donuts. I don't know. You'll have to find out. Horoscope cookies. What? Birthday cake milkshakes featuring oatmeal ice cream and custom birthday cupcakes featuring vegan white chocolate, vegan honeycomb made by kitty cake confections. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Okay, that's all. Bye-bye. This episode of Business Baby is produced by Little Joe, technical stuff by Jesse Dangerously, and advertorial by Ray. It's such an incredible power to have, but you either wield it well 
and you know exactly what you're doing yeah. or yeah. You're a sensitive like baby like me and <laughs> I mean, I think you can do it well and still be a baby. 